Hey everyone, Tommy here, and this is Fighting Words. My friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm not an analyst, I'm a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. But enough about that, let's talk about some fights. This weekend we had UFC 245, and I absolutely loved that card. No fight really played out how I expected, and for the most part, they were pretty close. But I'm going to start with the main event, which was Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington for the welterweight title. And thank God Usman won. Usman broke Colby's jaw in the third and then got the TKO in the fifth. But here's the thing. It was a really close and fun fight. Both guys are wrestlers, but neither guy even attempted a takedown. Both Kamaru and Colby were happy standing and trying to knock each other out. Going into the fifth, I had it two to two, so it was anyone's fight, and Usman dropped Colby twice and then hit him with some ground and pound for the TKO. Usman said in his post-fight interview that this was a win for everyone and he couldn't be more right. But just to explain how close this fight was going into the fifth, one judge had it two to two like I did, another had it three to one Usman, and the other had it three to one Covington. So that's crazy, and it was all over the place, but that's that shows how well they fought. The judges couldn't decisively agree on where each one was winning and how. I, It's an instant classic. No matter how much I hate Colby, it was a great fight. Next up, we had Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight title. Another super close fight. Volkanovski was sharp and went for leg kicks every chance he got. Holloway did a really good job of keeping his range with his hands, but he was not checking kicks at all, and that's what helped Volkanovski there. Granted, in the 4th and 5th, Holloway kinda got his groove in range, but it was a little too late. Volkanovski ended up winning by decision, and the stat said it, was, it wasn't really close at all, but watching it, it was a much closer fight than the stats showed. And I wouldn't be mad at an immediate rematch. And it looks like the UFC is going that way. But I'll mention that one in a little bit. Next up, we had Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Durandamy for the women's bantamweight title. So, if you told me this fight was going to a decision last week, I would have laughed in your face. But it did. Was it the best fight? No, not at all. But Nunes had success with takedowns, and they were pretty much at will, honestly. And she was actually losing the striking battle at some points, so she fought smart to get the take to get the fight to the ground every chance she got. I think what happened was she dropped. Well, she got Durandamy down in the first round, and she was hurt, and tried to finish the fight, but tired herself out. So striking was was a little bit harder because Durandamy is such a good kickboxer. But that doesn't matter. <clears throat> Nunes faced the adversity of that and got the win, further cementing her legacy as the best female fighter ever and showed everyone that she's not just a first-round finisher. She can go all five rounds if she has to, and she can do more than just knockout. She can wrestle. She can try to submit people. She's much better than people thought in more areas. And I think if anything, even though it showed that this wasn't the 
best fight of hers, it shows she has a lot more skill and a lot more to show. I love it. Next up, we had Marlon Marais versus Jose Aldo. And I gotta say, I was wrong about Aldo. He fought well at Bantamweight, and he made weight, which was surprising to me anyway. So well that I thought he won the fight. Another close fight, but not really a robbery. But Marias did get the win by decision. He definitely won the first round. But after that, I thought Aldo had pushed the pace and controlled the octagon enough to, to really just win the other two rounds with pushing the pace and his striking. But I think what came into play was the third round was super close and really could have gone either way. I think if Aldo had used his kicks that he's really known for, it would have been a totally different story. Next up, we had Peter Jan versus Uriah Faber. This is the only fight on the main card that just wasn't even close. Jan beat the hell out of Faber. I kind of expected a dominant performance, but not like that. Jan had Faber hurt real bad in the first round. His face was busted up and bloody. The ref and the doctor should have stopped the fight then and there, but all they did was just clean off his face and kept it going. Then in the second round, Jan hit Faber hard, dropped him twice, and got the knockout. So, I wasn't surprised there, and like I said last week, my my heart wanted Faber to win, but my brain was like, you're stupid, Peter Jan is going to win this. And this fight, again, showed how good Jan is, because Faber is a monster. He's a legend for a reason. Next up, we had Jeff Neal versus Mike Perry. Okay, so Neal knocked Perry the hell out. There isn't much to it. They both came forward. Neal, using his power and being a southpaw to his advantage, hurt Perry with a fast kick, then just went for the kill, getting a fast knockout a minute and 30 seconds into the first round. Not much to it. Next up, we had Ketlin Vieira versus Irene Aldana. And I'm surprised Aldana went out there, outstruck and outboxed Vieira, then just starched her with a big punch late in the first. With that, we have a new contender in the women's bantamweight division, which is really good because I would have had no clue who Nunes would have fought next in bantamweight. So now let's talk what's next for the winners. Kamaru Usman should fight Jorge Masvidal. That fight has to happen. You have the welterweight champ who shut up the biggest loudmouth in the UFC against the baddest motherfucker who just also got a TKO against Nate Diaz. Sign me up. Usman is a smart fighter, but he relies more on his striking than his wrestling these days. And then Masvidal is just every definition of a gangster. He will fight wherever but he wants to stand and make it a dirty fight. I absolutely love the matchup. Next up, we have Alexander Volkanovsky. Honestly, I think him and Max Holloway should run it back. Right now, the featherweight division doesn't have any clear contenders, and with Holloway's resume at 145 and the tear that he was on, I think an immediate rematch is warranted, and it seems like Dana White and Volkanovsky are both down with that. To the point that Dana White said he wants the rematch to happen in Australia and it would be probably an immediate rematch. So, I hope that it goes that route, but we'll see how everything plays out. 
Next up, Amanda Nunes, I think, really needs to defend her featherweight belt. And in the post-fight press conference, she said she wants to. Maybe against Felicia Spencer? It's kind of hard because there's all of three fighters in that division, including Nunes. But it's been a year without the title defense. And I get it. The featherweight division was originally made for Cyborg. But she lost to Nunes, then everything happened, and now she's in Bellator. Either grow the division or remove it. Next up, Marlon Marais said in a post-fight interview that he is open for a rematch with Aldo, and I kind of like that. Do that on a fight night as a main event? Who wouldn't watch five rounds of that? Aldo proved he can hang with Marais, and five rounds would be really fun. But if they don't go that route, the UFC could always do Marais versus Jan to decide the number one contender, while Zuhudo hopefully defends the flyweight title, or they give him Jose Aldo, which Suhudo is wanting? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and now for Jeff Neal. This is a really interesting matchup, and hear me out on this one. Jeff Neal versus Robbie Lawler. A knockout artist versus a brawler in Lawler. It's an instant classic there. If Or if they want to go for a higher-ranked fight, give him Leon Edwards, who... Needs a fight at this point. He wants a title shot, but all signs are pointing to the fact that he's not going to get one. And he wants also a Tyron Woodley fight in London, but Tyron Woodley's not fighting in London for that fight. So why not give him someone who would be game for that? Either fight would be a lot of fun. Next up, we have Irene Aldana, who really should just wait for Nunes. Like I mentioned earlier, Nunez should defend her 145 pound belt, and she said she wants to, and 135 didn't have a clear contender, so she should take advantage of that knockout and push for the title shot. Next up, we have some news. Steven Wonderboy Thompson was on Ariel Hawani's podcast this week and was given the nicest motherfucker belt. I know it's a joke and kind of a play off of the baddest motherfucker belt, but I think this is hilarious. What made it even better was that Conor McGregor tweeted out that he was coming for that belt and called Wonderboy his mother buddy. I love it. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Oh, man. This is the kind of stuff that MMA needs. Just some, some lighthearted humor to it. I appreciate it. Next up, we have Cody Garbrandt returning on March 28th in Columbus to fight Rafael Asuncao. It's a really fun fight, but tough fight for Garbrandt. He had a really rough streak since losing his belt to Dillashaw a few years back, I believe in 2017, and hopefully he can get back in the win column with this one, but he's going to have to dig deep and fight hard for that win there. Also on this card is Francis Ngannou versus Jarenzo Rosenstruik. Rosenstruik shot his shot and got the fight he wanted. He's going in the deep end here. We all knew, we all know Ngannou hits like a truck, so let's see how he can avoid Ngannou's hands for potentially five rounds. I think either way, the winner of this fight should be in line for a title shot after Miocic versus DC3. Henry Cejudo called out, called for a fight against Jose Aldo in Brazil. I know I mentioned that earlier, but Cejudo tweeted out in the most King of Cringe way, that he that was the fight he wanted. There was a video for it. <laughs> it it's kind of funny in the Cejudo way, 
But at the same time, it's like, damn it, <laughs> why? Check it out. Even Dana White seemed to be on board with it, even though Aldo lost the fight against Marias on paper. But the general consensus is that Aldo should have won the fight, myself included. But with that, Joseph Benavidez is pissed. He said that it was obvious that Cejudo doesn't want to fight him and isn't going back down to featherweight, and not featherweight, excuse me, flyweight, to stop holding up the division. And I don't blame him here at all. I get Cejudo is rehabbing an injury, but he's almost ready to fight again, and it's looking like he might be staying at bantamweight. If that's the case, he needs to vacate the flyweight belt and let Benavidez fight for the vacant title. Next up, we have Tyson Fury, who has parted ways with his head trainer just a few months before the Wilder rematch, and this could be kind of risky. We, we'll see how it goes in February, but hopefully it plays out well? I don't know. I know that the head trainer isn't going to kind of make or break him in that situation, that he's still going to have his skill there, but why would you change a trainer who's been with you for so long? that knows you, knows how you perform, and all of that with someone completely new for the biggest fight of your life. I don't get it. Next up, Colby Covington has called Mark Goddard a fake ref in a rant on Twitter, accusing Goddard of robbing him of the victory with a fake stoppage, fake eye poke, and fake nut shot. Dude, shut the hell up already. If the fight had gone to a decision, Colby would have lost by split decision. Hopefully, this is the last time we hear from him for a while, you know, since his mouth is wired shut and all, but I somehow doubt it. Also at UFC 45, Cody Garbrandt and Peter Yan had to be separated backstage because of a fight. Garbrandt is a hothead and will defend Faber to the death. It's kind of a problem at this point. Look at what happened at the Ultimate Fighter when Faber and McGregor were coaches and McGregor called Dillashaw a snake. He got in McGregor's face, tried to start a fight there. The whole TJ Dillashaw, Dillashaw situation in that one, they were ready to go at any moment. And now this, we get it. You're all in on Team Alpha Male, but come on dude, pump the brakes a little bit. Next up, we have Megan Anderson, who's getting a new challenger at Featherweight. She'll be fighting Norma Dermont-Vienna at UFC Fight Night Norfolk. Man, I might have to go to that one. That one's kind of close to me, actually. <laughs> Next up, we have Dana White seeming interested in bringing professional slapping to UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, you heard that right. You know the videos of where dudes are just slapping the hell out of each other? It's that. He posted a video of two dudes doing it and asked what do people think and that it, like, do they want to see it on Fight Pass? Man, I hope this is a joke, and hope it doesn't actually come to Fight Pass. It's popular on the internet, sure, but slapping isn't a combat sport, let alone a sport. It's just two dudes slapping the shit out of each other. No skill to it, no actual fighting, just slapping another dude in the face. I don't get it. I don't know why. I guess Dana White was entertained by it and was like, hey, let's talk about this. No, or better yet, let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about that. Cool. So, Hector Lombard is making his bare-knuckle boxing debut on February 15th against someone, a UFC veteran, Joe Riggs. And I don't get it. Lombard 
really shouldn't be fighting anymore, but hey, some people just really can't stop themselves, I guess. And our final story, Tito Ortiz versus Alberto Del Rio pay-per-view did not do well in the United States. Apparently, it had 3 million people watching in Mexico, and good for them. Like, that that's huge there. But the difference was, they didn't have to pay for it. But it apparently bombed in the United States. And is anyone really surprised there? I'm not. So, this weekend we have a fight card. Uh, UFC Fight Night, Edgar versus Korean Zombie. So, let me start off with this. UFC. Why you gotta have a main card start at 5 a.m. Eastern Time? Ya boy, definitely. And I mean definitely. Doesn't want to have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this. But now I gotta. Do you want five people to watch this? Because this is how you get five people to watch this. Anyway. Let's talk about our main event. We have Frankie Edgar versus the Korean Zombie. And this is a really weird fight because originally it was supposed to be Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. And Frankie Edgar was supposed to really just fight at bantamweight. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's how it's playing out. Uh, Frankie Edgar is putting that on hold to fight the Korean Zombie. And I guess good for him. Hopefully he's getting paid for it because this is going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a really hard fight. I don't know why he would take this, especially when he's slimming down to go to bantamweight. But both of these guys are legends. And Korean Zombie is an amazing striker. Phenomenal striker. Then you have Frank Yeager, who's really good everywhere, but is an amazing wrestler. The question here is, can the Korean Zombie avoid the takedowns? Of Frankie Edgar here and I'm not sure I think that for the first couple rounds he will have some success but after that he will struggle he will not get the uh, he will not win the later rounds <laughs> let me put it that way Frankie if he doesn't knock out Frankie Edgar Frankie Edgar will probably win rounds three through five and that's just how that'll go because he will grind, he will take him down, and he will use ground and pound or attempt for submissions. Korean Zombie is going to try to knock Frankie Edgar out, and that's kind of just what he has to do. But I think Frankie Edgar will win by decision. Next up, we have Vulcan Odstamir versus Alexander Ryak. I think this is kind of a no-brainer. Odstamir is going to win. I think us early second round knockout in pr probably a devastating fashion. So, it's it just going to be a really hard punch straight to the chin. I think it's going to drop him and put Odstamir right back up into top contender talks. Yeah, second round KO. Next up, we have Duho Choi versus Charles Jourdain. And to be fair, I have no clue who Charles Jourdain is. I'm looking him up on SureDog now. His last fight was a loss against Desmond Green in May on UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos versus Lee. 
but before that, he was on a four-fight win streak. I think he might be in for a little much here against Duho Choi. When we saw Choi fight against Cub Swanson, we saw something special there. And since then, Choi has just been on fire. Win or lose, he's going at it. And it's always entertaining. I think the fact that Duho Choi has more experience than Jordan, especially in the UFC, will let him get the win, kind of. It, it'll probably be a hard fight, but it'll be, it'll be a fun one. Because his last two fights were against Cub Swanson and Jeremy Stevens. Both fights, really hard, fought for him. Both he lost, but they were still super entertaining. And I think he needs the win, and he knows it. And he's going to win in his home country. So yeah, Duho Choi by decision. And that's everything for now. Thanks for listening, and you can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash fighting dash words. Or on Twitter at fightwordspod. My personal Twitter at nightwing593. You can support the podcast with a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month that would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to anchor.fm slash fighting dash words. Until next time, I'm Tommy, and these are Fighting Words.